in this venue. Uh, what I wanted to speak about a little bit is we're looking at the steps from a, a certain view. Now, there can be a lot of views, but we're trying to look at it in just one view and have a, a consistency throughout the steps uh, framed in that one view. And the one view is uh, the premise of the exact nature of the wrong, in this case, is the act of being identified as someone or as something else. Yeah, not as someone, but as something else. So that self almost acts or almost has a, a movement like a parasitical movement, which is it presents itself as us and then basically uses us to fulfill its agenda. So while we believe we have an agenda, it has an agenda. And its agenda is overriding our agenda in most cases. Now, when this uh, obsession with self is afflicted with alcoholism, it becomes sort of an extreme version of self-centeredness. And of course, when things go to the extreme, uh, there's a lot of revelations uh, based on the emperor having no clothes. So when you may not be able to see what's going on, but when it's doing it on, in such a flamboyant way, it's hard not to see what's going on. And so I always look at it as uh, we're used to having sort of an acoustic version of the narration about us and you and them and how it's going to be, how it was. And then alcoholism sort of is like an, an electric version. It amplifies some of those qualities that are, that are potentialities in self, sort of like vindictiveness or wanting to be right or revenge or all those lovely little uh, expressions. And then usually compounds it by strong consequences. So there has been certain seeming decisions based on self in my own life that led me to getting run over by a car twice in one night. And so the effects of that decision based on self have been long lasting for 38 years. Uh, every waking part of my day has been somewhat affected by that decision. So in a way, self extends its life by the consequences or by the tattoos it can apply to us. And some people cross a line where there's no going back. They get a wet brain or they've done too much uh, crystal meth and uh, they're like completely tattooed with the, the effects of those decisions based on self. And so to me, a decision based on self would be seen as a decision based on the parasitical view and the parasitical agenda. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm hoping, so the fourth step to me is where it's most pronounced because that's when we start attempting to look at how self has defeated us. So I'll go back to that statement on page 64, 64 of the big book the third paragraph, and this is the theme I use of, to look at all the steps, which is being convinced. So being convinced, one definition of that is to believe with certainty. And usually that belief with certainty isn't a leap of faith. It comes from reflection and observation. 
we look at our lives and then we see AA presents a framing. And if that framing fits, fits we see the picture of our life uh, in the framing. So the framing is being convinced or believing with certainty that self and this feeling of self, hmm, it's not, I'm not speaking about the ego. I'm speaking about a feeling that may, that comes up when there's an idea that you have an ego or you've lost an ego. That feeling of being the one who had the ego is the same feeling of being the one who lost the ego. So that feeling of being the one, the independent, separate, long-lasting entity, based on the being the doer, the thinker, the feeler, the seer, the hearer, the taster, all of that activity to me is the sense of self. And that activity is reinforced and basically assumed and implied and, in, and historically uh, proclaimed that I'm the doer of every action that comes through here. So in that case, that belief that I'm the doer of any action that comes through this action figure, Paul, was put to a great extreme test when I was taken over by active alcoholism. And I, was, I, started, I started to do a lot of shit that was super surprising to me. Yeah? And yet this system would stretch itself out to include all that shit that I did under the influence of alcohol and, and drugs to be held as I did it. Now, this is where I see the bondage of self even after recovery, because in recovery, the first step, the first statement is, we, were, we admitted to our innermost selves or we admitted to ourselves that we were powerless. Now, what would come along with that admittance if there was a clarity around this other system which has you as the doer no matter what? No, so my, no matter what comes through me, I am the doer of it. Well, when I hear that statement, I was powerless over alcohol, I reflect on my life and I see that I did a lot of shit that I didn't want to do, basically. And that I was powerless because I was like dancing with a gorilla. I was going to stop when the gorilla wanted to stop. So what that comes up against is the prior addiction, which is the addiction of being the doer. And so it's for some people, it doesn't even strain that idea. They just like smoothly go into feeling guilt and shame based on all the behavior that they displayed while under the influence, where I believe there's a great freedom available if you could see that you were not the doer of those behaviors. You're accountable for those behaviors, but you weren't really responsible for those behaviors. I found a lot of freedom from the past with that idea. And not just the idea, but it gaining traction. So I'm a real, uh, I think that first aspect of the first steps, can, it's good to be dwelt on because if I'm still at the effects of guilt and shame that are coming from the claiming of being the doer of those behaviors that happened over 30 something years ago, I would say that's a pretty good description of the bondage of self, really. I can't see it as anything else. So this idea of um, 
being the doer, the thinker, the same thing with the thoughts. There's such a difference between a thought and my thought. The my adds so much weight to thoughts. And it just, and then those thoughts are used to reinforce the me that I'm trying to get out of all day. And so I always keep running into that statement in AA, self can't get out of self. So how the hell am I going to get out of self if, can't, if self can't do it? Maybe I need to see I'm not in self in a sense. There's selfing going on, but it doesn't mean I'm the one that's doing it. Yes. So maybe, just maybe, I am not in self. So if I'm not in self, that's the way to get out of self, really. All right, so I wanted to go to page 67 uh, in the fear inventory. And here he says, he, he presents a, a question to us. It go, he goes, we asked ourselves why we had them. So he's talking about fear. He says, we reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper, even though we had no resentment in connection with them. We asked ourselves why we had them or in a real sense, why they had us. I would say the fear has us. Wasn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Yeah. So basically right there, he state, he's giving us an incredible diagnosis of why we're in fear today. Not because of all the reasons we think we are, those are amplifications of the possibility, but it's rooted in reliance on self. So what does self-reliance look like? For me, self-reliance looks like I'm believing the thoughts that are running through the head. I have complete, I have a lot of faith in those thoughts and I have so much faith in the thoughts about next week. Next week can have an impression on me today, which to me is like miracle working really, because really next week's not happening yet. If I believe in, uh, that I'm going to be so screwed next week, it can cause an effect now. I can feel uncomfortable, but there's no cause of the uncomfortability. I don't see it around the room. It's not like something's biting me, but I'm having an experience of discomfort, but I don't see what's triggering the discomfort. And the discomfort's being triggered by my faith in thought. Yeah. Because the thoughts have an are being used for a different agenda than what we think they're being used for. They're being used to reinforce the idea of being the doer, the thinker, the feeler, the taster, the toucher to such an obsessive level. We're not much, but we all that we think about. So I find this to be an incredible diagnosis because a lot of people that I meet, they believe fear is a cause of all their troubles. But here it's saying fear is an effect of something else, which is reliance on self. So the whole system of AA is being moved because we can't leave the reliance on self, but we can move, we can be moved from it. So the program moves me from the reliance on self as is stated in the fear area. It says trusting something finite. So that is reliance on self. So now I'm being moved by the program to rely on something infinite, yeah? So obviously, if the problem resides in the mind, which is the thought system, I'm going to be moving to be relying on something other than the thought system. I'm gonna be relying on something other than the thought system. 
And so in a way, this new information, this new reliance will start breaking through the thought system and will, like it says in the vision for us, this, this God is going to constantly show us and reveal more and more stuff. Well, what it reveals to me was these aren't my thoughts. Yeah. And the, re the revelation comes from before the thoughts. I don't think myself out of being the thinker. I see myself. I'm aware that I am not the thinker. I don't think myself out of it. I see the thoughts in a new light. So now I've been placed in a position that's not self-centered based. It's, an, it's based on something that's infinite or like that new employer. And because it's all powerful, working under or being used by that new employer produces different effects than being used by the old employer. Yeah. And I'll know the tree by its fruits. You know, if you enter AA, AA is not a leap of faith. It's pragmatism. You see it works. Yeah. You may not like it. The disease may not be that into it, but you have to begrudgingly admit that your life looks better while you're in AA than it was before. So uh, that's why I wanted just to stay the whole theme. So when it says abandon yourself to God, I see the your as a claiming and the self as the parasite. So abandon the parasite over to, the, over to God. You can't abandon yourself. If you did that, you'd still be there. I, I can abandon something that I'm not. I can abandon a car. I can abandon a person in the desert. I, but I can't abandon myself. Yeah, because I'd be there. So I'm looking at that statement as an abandoned, we abandon, you abandon yourself, meaning the claiming of this idea of you, you're giving it up. And it says, unless we let go of all our old ideas, the result will be nil. Well, to me, that's the oldest of the old idea is that I'm that. Yeah. That's a damn old idea that I'm Paul that, that's represented by all the memories and the thoughts and the projections and the judgments and the convictions and the sentences. Yeah. That's a damn old idea to me. So we have, you know, unless you let go of all your old ideas, well, here you go. And then in a way, all the other old ideas attributed to that old idea get let go of through the process of step six and seven. So I keep seeing what I'm not. And when I see it, I, I ask that power. I say, hey, I'm entirely ready for this to change. Yeah? And I ask that power to do it or to provoke this change. Because I'm not relying on self. I'm relying on the infinite. So, uh, and you can take the, this idea all the way through every step. Yeah, you constantly keep taking more inventory and recognizing the parasite yeah, in your own life so that there's a difference between its agenda and your agenda because the higher power is here to promote your agenda, what you really are. And it's not here to promote the parasite's agenda. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that and agree or don't agree. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. And I and there's tons of ways of looking at AA, you know? There's tons of ways. There's only one way to do it and the principles are sound, but you can see it in so many different ways. 
So I'm just presenting this that has really worked for me or as me really. And it just came, it, there was a constant realization that something was downloading more information, just like it says in the vision for us, for you. And we're, I'm just reporting in and then I can see the effects. So I know it has value because that which was incredibly agitated now has the ability to enjoy peace of mind. Yeah. So, all right. That's so I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, that was brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, just to say that this recording will be available at zenbitchslap.com um, after today, after Mike's um, run his fingers over it. So um, we've got a first question is with Norby, and you're unmuted, mate. Hey, Paul. Hi, all. Hi, all. Noah. Hi. I'm really appreciating some of the simpler stuff that you're saying. It's like really hitting home uh in, in a different way so i really do appreciate these uh, 12 step meetings i have two questions and i think i'm gonna save the second one for next week the simplest one is so i've been i don't even remember how long ago i i started uh taking in the idea uh everybody's responsible nobody's to blame right that was just a meme that i was able to take on to help release that extraneous stuff now now I'm hearing this, everybody's accountable, nobody's responsible, nobody's to blame. And I'm just wondering, you know, if that'll shift more to accountability and less on responsibility, or maybe I was talking about accountability when I was saying responsibility. But I do think, I think you're right that when you say responsibility, you are bringing this, you are bringing the false self-concept into the question. So I think it's a good thing for me to look at. Well, I found, in a sense, I felt responsible for a lot of that behavior, and the imperative was really to avoid uh, bringing brought up, you know, to the light. It was it had a total different agenda. It had no intention of going out and making amends. It had a, an intention to avoid it, fucking as long as possible. That if that would mean if you know the person lived on the next block moved somewhere yeah <laughs> that was the uh, so when i saw it in a different light at first the idea of a disease first triggered a sense of space and then i could see that what i did really wasn't uh directed or thoroughly coming from me like something else had been using me for transportation so that allowed me to finally become accountable for those behaviors that while I was in a sense of responsibility, I wanted to avoid accountability for the rest of my life, basically. So the idea of accountability really helped me tell you the truth. Yeah, it did. So I was much more willing. Actually, I was excited to do the amends. Yeah, I was, I was excited. Once I did a few of them, I just was going, I was going to look for all the shit that I had been, a, con, you know, conveniently avoiding for years. That's how it can change, really. When, yeah, you, get a, when you get a taste <clears throat> of relief, when you get a taste of relief and you can read why the equation finally worked, it's awesome. Because that equation of relief 
isn't just a random one, uh, one, one thing at a, you know, it can be applied as a principle. So you see something while it's working and you'll, you know the problem from the solution. So you know why the relief wasn't there when you get the relief, yeah? And uh, so this idea of accountability just gets, uh, just like the idea of this power can do for me what I can't do for myself. The idea, you know, expands, yeah? The idea of accountability expands, yeah? There may be still so hidden pockets where the head has you really convinced you were responsible. Well, over the years, that, that is brought into the light and you see the same thing. Yes, yeah. So there is progress. There's definitely, recovery is definitely progressive, for sure. You had some history with non-duality previous to 12-step, um, or did it come in as part of that? No, it came after, yeah. 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 Okay. Good enough. Thanks a lot, Thanks. Noel. Mm -hmm. Cheers, mate. <clears throat> um, and back, it's um, G, unmuted, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. And uh, good to hear you, Paul. I thought, let me use Paul while I can. And um, <clears throat> Paul, I've been doing a lot of thinking and obsessing over resentment. And, and, and um, I want my mind to stop this obsession over this resentment. I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago to you. And um, you mentioned step six and taking inventory step 10. I've done, I've done that, done them both. I, I, I've prayed to have um, the thought and resentment remo removed, save me from being angry. But I really enjoyed your share today because you spoke about separating myself from my thinking. Mm -hmm. And um, we are under a new employer. Now, what my question is, I, w I would love to completely separate myself from my thinking. Um, apart from step six, seven, and doing an inventory, because I, I, I do those, what other tools are there that, that you use or that you can maybe suggest to separate myself from negative thinking? Well, the, all right, so the idea of the resentment, yes, that you have about that guy. Yeah. yeah you followed this thing. There's a suggestion in the one of the first books. I don't know if it's still in it. Called it's from a lady story, uh, uh, freedom from bondage. Yeah, and she talks about having a resentment, uh, and she believed she had a story that she would she would drop it if she could. But when she got sober, she realized that resentment. The, the parasite was using that resentment like a fucking golden cow. It was milking it for excuses about all these aspects of her life, like never have being able to be, stay married and all this. So that thing was very valuable to the parasite. So she realized that and she realized she had to get rid of that resentment or it was going to kill her. And uh, she was in some dentist office and she saw a magazine and a clergyman was talking about how to get her rid of a resentment of that type, you know? And it said, hey, pray for that person to have to have whatever you want and more, even if you don't mean it, for a few weeks, yeah? Or when, uh, until the feeling changes concerning that person. So I've run into that, those situations, that that was the perfect tool to apply in early sobriety. And I used it. 
and I got the result. So I remember I had this girlfriend of mine, my first girlfriend in AA. I had six months, she had three months. It was a, a marriage made in heaven, yes. And uh, <laughs> we were both in a condition of the inability to have a viable relationship with another human being, crashing, you know, whatever. <laughs> so she left, we parted ways. And I was at this party in this town nearby, a daytime party, mostly AA people. And she came in with her new boyfriend and it almost looked like uh, petals, rose petals were falling from the <laughs> sky and the whole room lit up and they were look, looked beautiful. And I was really fucking pissed. You know? <laughs> I mean, I had to leave the party. It was too much for me. Super, super. So I went home and I, read this thing and I started to apply it to her and her new husband, her husband, right? And after a few weeks, and so because every time her name would come up, I would feel that, that feeling, yeah? But after a few weeks, when her name would come up, unbidden, you know, like the head is, I would feel okay, yeah? Literally. And so I put it to a test and it worked. And so I applied it for maybe two or three more things that were really big in my life. And I haven't had to use it in years. So that's a very good suggestion because yeah. it works. Because somehow you're intrinsically connected to the resentment towards the other person. Like yeah. they said, like you taking poison to hurt the other person. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So by uh, doing that suggestion, I think it's in the, in the new AA books. I think it's written by a woman. It's a very good take. Because a lot of people believe, see, this is the disease. Your agenda, your story would be, I would do anything to be rid of this resentment. But the yeah. parasite agenda, it sees that resent, resentment as super valuable. Yeah. So yeah. there's this cognitive dissonance. And under the control of the parasite, it's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> because we're powerless. It's going to win. But now we've been introduced to this a higher power through the program and while and so when we take these suggestions they actually work because they're backed by a higher power yeah yeah it's not like us trying to get out of the parasite is a higher power is taking us out of the parasite yeah us mm -hmm. trying to get out of the parasite is bondage of self <laughs> really yeah? yeah self can't get out of self but the higher power can pull us out of the parasite's influence. Yes, that's the whole point of the spirit of recovery is a reliance on something infinite. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I did that for the first two weeks, Paul. I, I, that suggestion, it's in the story in the back of the big book. I did that for two weeks and what happened is every time I was praying, he would come to mind because I got so used to praying for him to have all the happiness that I would want in life. Is there, I, 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 and thank you for, 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 for what you shared, what you, you know, but is there anything else, Paul, anything I could use an action, anything, more, anything practical that you use or, or, or well, you want to distract the, you want to distract the parasite. So take actions, be of service, you know, maybe monitor some zoom meetings, whatever, <laughs> or make yourself available to speak to other people from the meeting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take an action. Mm. yes yeah yeah mm. see the idea of you wanting to get out of it is part of the problem 
Yes. Because yeah. that you doesn't really want to get out of it. It wants to get into it. <laughs> really. <laughs> it says it wants to get out of it, but now you're totally obsessed with it sitting in your room trying to figure out how to get out of it and you haven't made one physical action. So this is about, this is an action program, especially in the beginning. So, yeah? Yeah. So yes, do some service. See if you can be available somehow for others. And then your interest and attention will be taken off of that object, yeah? Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And then just work with the sponsor and stuff. He's probably seen shit like this a lot of times. So take his suggestions and, and you know, trust the process and don't leave before the miracle. I had certain things that ran me for maybe 11 years and finally they dissipated. Yeah. And I had given up all hope and stuff like that. And yet something did for me what I couldn't do for myself eventually. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. It was really was because I had done everything, you know, I was told to do in AA and this thing didn't seem to budge, but it was budging, you know, and then it was taken, it was removed and it's never come back to tell you the truth. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen the demonstrations of this program, so I don't believe in it. I have faith in it. Yeah. So just, yeah. Thanks very much, G. Every every week it's a great question, mate. Thanks very much. And um, Michael Stacy, you're up, mate. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, my name is Michael. I'm a real alcoholic. Um, Paul, I was uh, in a meeting not too long ago with a friend, and, and he was saying that you know, oh, I'm a work in progress, and um, it kind of goes along with the lines with what you were sharing at the beginning of the meeting about a topic and not taking yourself so serious was that, uh, you know, it didn't resonate too well with me. And then that evening I went home and I was listening to one of your videos and it's, you said something about, um, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not an urban renewal project. Could you talk to me a little bit about, the, um, about that concept and how that works in your life? Because I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I like, I like progress. And I know it says, you know, progress, not perfection, but um, I don't, I don't want to constantly be visual of on this, on this person. I mean, like, you know, thanks. Well, the uh, urban renewal project is, uh, <laughs> you have to be from America <laughs> in a way. I don't know what they call it in uh, England and stuff, but the urban renewal project is like, uh, constantly working on a situation basically for the construction people to make money <laughs> nothing ever gets done it's just the constant sucking of a lot of uh budgets you know a lot of uh value so when i was when i'm taking this paul and the image of it more so the image of it of being me it seemed to demand a lot of attention and a lot of work yeah because there was a lot of faults being found and constantly having to work on it. And I didn't realize the constant work is part of the disease. Yeah. I just didn't see it. I thought, you know, it was just going to be maybe a number of lifetime process or pro you know, a project, 
But then when I saw it wasn't me, uh, that urban renewal project was called off. And then all that budget and all the attention and interest was dispersed. And that dispersed interest and attention started to enrich my life. Yeah. And uh, I felt like on one level, the program of recovery had sufficiently uh, fixed the action figure so we could live a day at a time without running into things like police and shit like that, yes? And basically, what more do you want, yeah? So now I can, my attention and interest is much more interested in other things than this thing, <laughs> tell you the truth, yeah? So, the idea of the Urban Renewal Project is just uh, keying into old colloquialisms of America, American life. Same thing with the action figure. You know, when you used to buy a toy, it would come with miscellaneous action figures. You know, like you'd get Batman and then the Joker would come. And so I would see us as action figures. <laughs> and that, and seat assignments. We have, we have our roles here. And we have the ability to fulfill the role. Yeah, we do. And so uh, just to sort of see, I find a lot of people I work with and just I hear there's a withholding of permission from themselves. Yeah. Hmm. There's a there's a lock. There's a lock in their little like their multi uh, digit passcode to open the safe to allow yourself to be okay. There's a lock there. And when it really boils down to it, there's, they just will not get them their own permission from themselves to be okay now, yeah? And to me, it's like a slavery. So you have to perform to that which you're not to get permission to be okay. And it changes the rules every day, yeah? First, it says you got to jump over the, these three hoops. And then, of course, after you do, there's a fourth hoop or a fifth hoop. And to me, it's like slavery. And if one of the things I would hope to, to make possible in these talks is that we're inherently okay, yeah? Just as we seem to be because we're really not that. We're not. Yeah, we're not something that comes and goes. We're not something that grows and decays. We're not something that can be far or close to what we are. We are that. We are spirit in a way. And I feel the last hook is our own hook, you know? It's we're just hooked there. And we've been convicted in that mental court. We've been convicted of things based on being the doer of really things we have, we can't find any forgiveness. And it's sort of like, it's like a, we live it, we're living a punishment, yeah? And that punishment and the decree of the punishment isn't even coming from us, yeah? And I really just, uh, like I've worked with people and I would have to suggest to them, stop taking inventory they would be doing inventory about the most minutest little intention. What did I mean? Give me a break. You're not that fucking important to have like a 20 team surveillance crew. Yeah. You're not, 
once the corrections are made, it's like you're a free range alcoholic. You're just grazing in the same pasture. You're not doing shit. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the, all that obsession about you and your condition can be lifted. Yeah, and you can be okay. Why not? I mean, when? When is, if it's not now, those corny little statements, if it's not now, when? Yeah, because you're never going to buy, it's not like the, you're not going to get your atonement by buying it, yes? You see, you see that you are not the doer of those behaviors. You see it, yeah? You see that something took you over like it's taken a lot of other alcoholics over, and a lot of us have done a lot of shit we didn't want to do, yeah? There's forgiveness in seeing you're not that. There is. You don't have to earn the forgiveness. You don't have to be the super server and have 20 fucking sponsees and shit like that. If it comes, it comes. But to me, all that can be playing God. Yeah. And that first state, the statement of playing God is so important. To me, it's the, it's the unspoken step of AA. Quit playing God. It doesn't work. Well, maybe first you need to know what playing God is, yeah? And maybe that which is playing God isn't you. Maybe it's the head. Maybe it's the thought. It's what I call selfing. I, something is playing God in, in your space, yeah? And it's using your God-like juice to play God. And you're being at the effect of it, yeah? It's playing God on you. Yeah. And so it says, quit playing God. It doesn't work. We all have the enough evidence to come to that conclusion. Now, maybe we need a little bit of help to see that which is playing God. Maybe by describing what it's like, maybe you'll see it. So we describe when you wake up in the morning and the head tells you that how the day is going to be, that's playing God. When someone comes and shows you love and affection and you, you, you can't refuse it because you know you're not worthy of it, that's playing God. Yeah. So, and, what can, and I'm saying right now, something is playing God while we sit right here. And so it's, and that's something that's playing God is claiming to be the hearer of this last few sentences. So the parasites hearing I got to quit playing God, and it's exactly doing that right now. It's playing God. So this is the fundamental dilemma. So that which is playing God, when it tries to quit playing God, that's playing God. Self can't get out of self. You can't use the parasite to get out of the parasite. It's just more parasite. Yeah? Try it. See, I'm saying... That which is playing God cannot quit playing God ad infinitum. There's no point where it works. There isn't. So you might as well get off of it before you're on it because you're never going to get off while you're on it. Never. You're not going to get off while you're on it. You're before it. Before you're, you get on it is the freedom. That's the freedom. The freedom from self is not getting out of self. It's realizing you're not in self. That's the freedom. That's the freedom. The freedom isn't acquired. 
It's not claimed. It's not reached. Yeah? It's a fact. You are spirit. It's a fact. You are not of a body. You may be in a body, but you're not of the body. Yeah? If we could get that, that anatomical diagram correct, it goes a long way to promote clarity, really. A long way. If not, the self is going to be the one that's guiding and directing the recovery. Yeah? Wow. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Amazing. Thank you. Well, okay. Um, Maggie V, you're up. Am I unmuted? Yes, you are. Okay. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Today is incredible for me. I don't really understand it yet, but I think it's going to sink in some point, maybe. Um, so here's an example. So the other day I go home. Um, I've been working all day, and uh, there's... I have a 10 year old girl who I love more than life itself. And there's just disasters all throughout the house. And I paused and I, based on what I've been listening and I um, asked God to reconfigure my thoughts because I recognized they were not of me and I was looking for control. And the control thing is kind of out of hand with everything that's going on. And I turned it around and it was good. And then 20 minutes later, I walked by the playroom and it was a disaster and I fucking lost it. And um, I made my little girl cry and I come from real abuse and, um, you know, put off having a kid for a long time because of that. And I was, uh, fuck, I was in it and I just... I was like, what happened? I just prayed. And, you know, I know what you're saying about letting go of um, guilt and shame and recognizing that it's not me, but I feel powerless over, and maybe you already addressed it, but I feel powerless over that guilt and shame. Like I, I can't, I feel like if I let it go, I'm letting myself off the hook. Mm, yes. And, and that's, and, I'm, and I don't deserve there. it. Hold on. Just stop right there. That's the logic of the disease. Yes. That's it exactly. What? That's the crystallization. If I let it go, I'm uh, letting myself off the hook. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't that, see it. I don't you, just I caught it. it. you just caught it milking the cow, so to speak. That's exactly how it's set up. Yes? Well, kind of like the resentment. You've run into a part of the system where it says no permission given. Yes? There you go. Yeah. What I'm talking about. It's a fucking slavery. Yes. Exactly. So you've recognized it. So you had a free sample, and then it had a big mental storm guess what? You're going to progress and there's going to be, the free samples are going to last longer. The mental storm will get shorter. And all you do is make amends or living amends to your daughter and you move on. Yes? Yeah. Yes. That's hard. 
you're in good hands. You know how monumental it is just to see what you're not? Even if it's only a five-minute glimpse? A lot of people never, never have that, ever. They're run from the unknown in them all day. They think they have stories about why they move towards anything. They don't realize it's always the prequel is a moving away from something. They don't see it. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, it can be rocky at times, and the shit that you've been hoping to mute when you really get a taste of freedom is gonna be a big storm. It's gonna blow up because it wants to keep itself. It wants to keep the kingdom in place. Yes, and that whole thing is. If I let go, I, you know, I'm letting myself off the hook. Exactly. We were just talking about that. The fucking hook. Yeah. Where there has to be a permission. You have to gain permission from the higher up to get to be okay. That's slavery. Yeah. Yes. So this is a perfect example. Yeah. It, this is exactly what it does. It has a logic. It doesn't usually show it, but when push comes to shove, you'll see it. Yeah. It just demonstrated it in you. Yeah. <laughs> you get a big free sample. Of course, it makes a big blow up so it can re reaffirm its position, negate the free sample and put you mm. back on the hook again. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And you know, you're not of that, honey. You're not of that. And that, the trauma that caused you to be afraid of having a children, that also will be reconfigured. If you just keep allowing, bring, keep letting it be brought into the light. Yes. That's our job here. Yeah. The con we're constantly, more stuff is going to be constantly revealed and more, the stuff that's mostly constantly revealed is of the parasite. You see it as not you and the program will change it. Yeah. The power that's in the program will change it. And I'm here to testify. I've had things like that too. And therefore I try to shy away from relationships because I knew what was gonna happen if I got in one who I was really into. So I just avoided those, you know, I didn't, I couldn't practice the principles in those affairs. So I try to limit those affairs. Yeah. 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 But change, that changed over time. Yeah. Now, because I'm not looking to get something from someone, I'm looking to express something to someone. Yeah. It's change. Yeah. I'm not trying to get love from people. I'm looking for people to express love too. Yeah. That's how it's changed. Yeah. You're in good hands, honey. And you have the amends, you have the program. And remember, like the Course in Miracles says, there are no sins, there's just mistakes, and mistakes can be amended, yeah? So you grab your little kid, you give her love, and you, you know, basically say you're sorry. This is what happens, yeah? As we're moving from trusting something finite to something infinite, we have the program to clean up the messes that that, that journey uh, produces, yeah? And I just feel like that this contemplative 
time of my day is life and death, not just for me, but for people around me. Like if I don't yes. get, in, get in touch with that, because that state of restless, irritable, and discontent, I have thought for 30 years that was a condition from before I drank, you know, when I was drinking. It's a condition I suffer from on a daily basis. Yes, yeah. Yes, that's one of the rude awakenings because when I was out there, I blamed a lot of my behavior on cocaine and drinking. And then when I stopped and those behaviors kept exhibiting, <laughs> it was mm -hmm. one of the it was one of many rude awakenings. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. The drinking and the drugs didn't produce the disease. The disease sought out the drinking and the drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred yeah, percent. So. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank I see you. it, honey. But the again, this life and death situation has been moved has been removed from your responsibility and it's been put into the responsibility of the higher power yes yes yeah you have a new employer now and that employer is going to take care of you as long as you stay close to it and you can't be far from everywhere and performance works well and so you're performing as it works well as a mother yes so there you yes. go you fulfilled the contract and it's an open-end contract, and no, it can't be null and voided by anything you do, and basically you're in good hands. Just remember to honor the demonstrations of that power, because the mental state will, will forget a miracle in a half an hour, it will, and it will remember a resentment for 50 years. You're, you're in, the, thing is, the thing is not gonna get rehabilitated. It's not going to become a service animal. It's not going to become your friend. It has a nature, a parasitical nature. The snake is going to bite you if you treat it well or not. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. <sighs> okay. okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome, honey. And maybe get in touch with some of the people here. There are a lot of powerful women and stuff. And after the end of the talk, they'll be an open time and there is a uh, some kind of way of people connecting yeah yeah okay yeah yeah a lot of power available in the we so take advantage of it yeah thank you yeah yes great thank you very much um Just on that, connections or talk about temporary sponsorship or sponsorship we're going to be hanging about. So hang around, male or female. There is um, a female 24-hour marathon that's um, just started a week ago. So I'll put the details of that in the uh, chat room. And we've got a next question. And the next question is Helen C. from Ireland. Over to you. Hi, Dave. Um, it's not so much of a, a question. Uh, my name is Helen. I'm an alcoholic. And I wanted to thank Dave for sending out the link. Um, I came on to the meeting late, Paul, but, and initially I was a bit lost as to what you were sharing about, but my God, you've put into words stuff that I've never heard people put into words before. I've only just figured out that I'm not perfect. Um, and I thought you, you spoke about the inventory process and doing inventory and doing inventory and the step tens and the inventory and the inventory. 
and that just drove home to me that I'm not that that I needed to be perfect. You know that I it gave me put me under this pressure all the time to have to be perfect, and it's just the way you described it. Just you know, we're not all, we're not any of that. You know, we are pure spirit when we let go of the whole lot. God's driving. You know, mm-hmm. let go of the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and even just what you said there about you know that that our our disease will remember a resentment for 50 years and forget a miracle in an hour you know and uh, mm. and i've had miracles mm. happen in the last couple of days where god has intervened just in relationships and um, people being put my way and um you know and and that's it's just affirmation all over again that the path that i'm on is 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 the right one for me you know and um yeah i you know I, there was just so much in what you shared i um I grew, I'm Irish, obviously, I, I live in Ireland, and uh, as people probably would well know, and in the US as well, um, Catholic Church domination, and um, you know, the hell, fire and damnation type of God, and I'm working with sponsees at the moment, and we're spending a lot of time on step two, because it's, it's, it's getting to the place where you understand that the higher power just is just a warm embrace that they just your higher power loves you exactly as you are and that's the only way you're meant to be you know and um and you just put you just put put all of that into words for me and i just wanted to say thank you um and i'm so glad that i decided to come on to the meeting late you know because i just heard so much um really from the heart your enthusiasm as well it's fantastic so i'll shut up i haven't any questions thank you oh thank you helen thank you yeah Thank you. I know who you are as well, Alan. That's great. Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no more questions from the floor, but I've, I've got a question. I just, um, just a, a speculation thing, and it is a bit of a thought more than a spirit thing. But so, is it? Would it be the case that <clears throat> perhaps that God is is asleep and is bored and just want is just entertain and wants entertainment to put us through all this and wake up? Is that what the point yeah. is? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But. Okay. Today you can't. Um, you can. You can be. You can feel being moved. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. gratitude is a very, very sweet. It's a very sweet, uh, lingering sensation. I'm very moved by uh, the shares. Feeling a little rich sadness coming over because <laughs> of. Uh, You know, all that we have gone through, not one of us needs to do any more research. Yeah. There's there's voluminous amounts of evidence of uh, the failure of the system that we were relying on. And there's also, if you've been sober a while, a voluminous amount of evidence of perhaps there's a better way. And... Uh, one of the only responses you need is to honor the demonstrations. Yeah, really, it's not asking for much. You just honor the demonstrations of trusting something infinite. And then uh, the, uh, you know, I've had so many, as the action figure, it was so, so, incredible that I, I was sober for two years before my mother died. 
that was incredibly, and I was probably one of the, the greatest gifts of uh, the program. And there's just been so much. And I, I think we just need to be able to see through the obscuring. Yeah. The parasite obscures the facts from us. It does. It, it receives our mail and then goes through it and then sends it on to us. Yeah. It, it's taken over the responsibility of living and given us an interpretation back. Yeah. It's sort of like being a marathon runner living in a closet. Yeah. It's just, uh, You know, the freedom isn't really that you just get to do what you want to do all the time. You get to do a lot of shit you don't want to do. That's the freedom. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, these ideas of freedom and stuff are so limited. If you really have a sense of a new freedom and a new happiness, it's so much larger and so much uh, inclusive. There's nothing that needs to be denied and thrown out in a way it needs to be accepted for what it is and what it ain't yeah and uh yeah i believe the program gives us the eyes to see that and the ears to hear about it so i'm very uh feeling very grateful right now just the exquisiteness of recovery in uh in action it's beautiful yeah you know, I just want to say it's sort of like with this 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 wet blanket on us, we just assumed there was only two steps to the dance. And it's so wonderful when someone else comes on the floor and shows us a hot a lot more steps, yeah. And you get to express <laughs> and go wild and yes, and see that the insanity that isn't before the first drink is beautiful in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, I'm happy to, you know, be able to enjoy this with all of us. And, and, uh, there's no reason to not dance, so to speak. Yeah. The permission has been given. Like you said, the higher power is like a warm embrace. It doesn't demand a resume or or any set of requirements to be always available at all times that's on our side yeah that's on our side yeah that's part of letting go of all your old ideas you do not have to perform well to be uh deserving of fucking anything yes this that's all slavery to me so yeah yeah and to demonstrate my experience uh, bears all that out. My experience bears it all out. There's, I wanna, there's an old story in Christianity in the New Testament, the prodigal son. I think it's very beautiful. So the prodigal son is a guy, and I'm paraphrasing a lot, obviously. He comes from a rich family. Everything was really good, and he splits. And he, and he starts acting out, and he's thinking he's fucked up. And so he can't go back. He doesn't feel like he has the right to go back to the home, to his father and the place. And so he just keeps hitting more and more bottoms. And he ends up in a pigsty fighting the pigs over a cob of corn. And then suddenly something hits like a sudden 
something gets revealed, yeah? And he realizes, he realizes uh, he was the one that was putting off the return, yeah? And as soon as he gave, there was a giving of permission, his father appeared like me immediately. And he was on a road and his father had some new clothes and put on a ring on him and said, hey, listen, let's go. We're having a big feast. It wasn't like a huge month, month long process. It happened like that. The only thing I was withholding that possibility was the enslavement of self. He thought he had done all this shit and he didn't deserve to return to that. Yes? See that there's something in you that's withholding permission. It's the disease. Yeah, and you're not of that. You don't have to fucking tie to that. You don't have to perform for that. You don't have to live under that. You don't. There's freedom from the bondage of self. So, all right, well, I guess that's it, eh? Got another question, got a couple more if you're okay to hang around yep. for a bit. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay, well, it's up to you, mate. Yeah, we've got two more here, so we'll leave it after these. So it's Joanne and Graham. So, Joanne. I see Joanne, yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a question. Um, I, I just, I became aware of um, Dave's um, Zoom meeting um, page on Facebook there. Um, and, and I was scrolling through and just seeing this meeting. But I'm so, so glad I, I, I came on. I came on late, but I've got so much from it. Um, I regard myself in still early sobriety, sorry, sobriety, um, a year and three months. Um, and it's, it's been a, an amazing, but really hard process. And, uh, just everything that you've said, like I've just come on and it's like you're talking through my head. Like it's, you know, it's, it's the fact of, um, I have a great faith and I have my higher powers there. And I've had that before I came into AA, but it's even stronger now. And I'm, I'm so grateful for, to have that connection and to, to have, to be reliant on something that is greater than myself. Like obviously power greater than myself is relieved me of it, but I'm only beginning to realize that a power greater than myself is in every avenue of my life and I guess I guess I, I, I at least you know you talked about relationships and um you talked about so much that, I, that I'll definitely take on board and I was really meant to um I was definitely directed here by a higher power because um I've been stuck within myself um and not letting go the way I should be and I've really struggled with my prayers, which is, is, it's really hard on me because I've always prayed. And I know it's something within myself that is, is just clinging on because I, I don't want to lose all control. But I know deep down, it's process. But I think, it's, I don't know what, what's in me that's clinging on that wants, it's just, I guess it's fear. Um, I guess that's question itself. You know, I, I, I got, I, even the part where you, you pray for the person that you have resentment towards, but that has really helped me and I've seen in the past that has worked. Um so I guess I just have to get back down on my hands and knees and, and just and give it my all because yeah, part of me is is is, is not um, I don't know, I'm just a little bit lost. I mean I guess it maybe it's the world that we're in at the minute, but that's still not an excuse to, to put in the work because I do believe it's not just about meetings, it's about um putting in the, the effort. 
Um, so I thank you so much for all the shares. It's been it's amazing. So thank you, really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, thank you. And remember, in a sense, you could see the fear is really of the parasite. It's not your fear. Mm. Yes. See, the yes. clarity of starting to recognize the parasite as not you is really uh, truly a basis of freedom, really. So the disease is very afraid to be revealed, yes. But then we speak it as if it's I'm afraid for it to be revealed. That's not true. That's the act of the disease. The host, the, the parasite convinced, convinces the host that it's the host. And then we talk as if we're the parasite all day. Really? Yeah. So the language yeah. is a reinforcement of the identification, a huge reinforcement. And uh, yes, so. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, sorry, can I just say that um, I think God, you know, I've made, I've made lots of mistakes in my um, early sobriety. And one I see, only ones I see now that are where were directed to me and guided by me. And I never really listened in my early sobriety. I, I, I listened to what I wanted to hear. I learned from their mistakes and um, I think God kind of directs you to make those mistakes again, see how you deal with them the second time around. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've been, uh, now, which... a, lot of, a lot of stuff I really was quite successful at avoiding has come back over and over again while I've been in recovery. <laughs> To me, it's sort of like love demands itself from us, yeah. Yeah, okay, thanks so much. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you very much, Joanne. And the last question from Graham from Birmingham, and you're up, mate. Okay, thanks, David. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking a question. Well, I'll make it, uh, I'll make it snappy as uh, time's getting on, but it's regarding um, something someone said yesterday um, about not necessarily writing step 10 inventory or you know spot check whether someone uses one of the apps or that kind of thing um and you know the book says on page 84 that we continue to watch for selfishness dishonesty resentment and fear when these crop up we ask god at once to remove them we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone and you sit of saying well it doesn't say it doesn't say to write uh, the inventory, but to me, and I think the way that I've done it, it makes sense for me to to write that down, whether that's using the app or or however, and then to you know go to my sponsor or, or somebody else to, to discuss that. Um, and I think you touched on this maybe last week or the week before, when someone else had asked a question about maybe finding the method that works for you. I just wondered if you've got any just some thoughts on that, please. Thank you. Well. Um... Yeah, so it sounds like the writing works for you. So yeah. Yeah, have a little faith, yeah, do the writing. I remember I was with this lady, that first relationship in AA, and then she went out after 20-something years. And, uh, and she used to always joke about me because I used to write an inventory every night, 10-step. And she didn't. And I said, well, maybe there's the proof in the pudding. She went out and I didn't. And I, don't, I like writing inventories because it leads to not having to write inventories. 
Yeah. In a lot of ways, you can't just jump to not having the right inventories. You got to write a lot of inventories, and then you it leads you to not having to write inventories. Yeah, it just seems like the progression. We always would love just to jump to not writing it, any inventories, but we were there to begin with, <laughs> and it wasn't working, obviously, in our life. <laughs> I never went home from the cocaine dealer and did an inventory. You know. So basically, suddenly I want to just not have to write any inventories. So I feel the process, yeah, is sort of you do it until you don't need to do it as much. Sure, sure. That's my feeling. Yeah. And then after a while, the four columns seem to be there anyway. And then you can just move everything through the four columns quickly and then share it with somebody. You don't have to write it down. But in the beginning, I think writing it down is symbolic, really, and another way of uh, convincing yourself you have permission to be fucking okay. In the beginning, you're still paying some tax to the parasite. I mean, it has a lot of influence on us still. We haven't moved to trusting something infinite. So there is a lot of bartering and bargaining with it, yeah? So a lot of the, like, you know what I mean? It's like the, you find in the, it, you find very quickly that it had nothing to do with the action. It was the willing to do the action. But in the beginning, there has to be the action done to convince ourselves that there's a seriousness about it, yeah? But after that, as you go along, I mean, a lot of times people used to call me at one in the morning and they wanted me to help bring a guy to a rehab and I was willing to do it, I would start putting my pants on and I'd get a call back and they said, oh, we got it handled. It happened like so many times. So I, I, got all the, all, I got all the credibility, but I didn't have to do anything. I was willing, well, but I, didn't, I wasn't really called. And I'm a, real, I'm a real believer that willing to go to any length doesn't mean you're gonna have to go to any length. You may not have to go to no length, yeah? It's the willingness. The willingness is the key, yeah? Okay. So your willingness, you're willing to go and go to the extra yard, but you'll probably rarely be, be called to go the extra yard. Yeah. But the willingness is there. So, yeah, if it's working for you writing it and hopefully it gives you because if if selfing is anything, it's redundant. Yeah. You'll see its way it defeats you. Its manifestations are very redundant. It doesn't have. 800,000 different ways. It's pretty much sledgehammer, scalpel, sledgehammer, scalpel. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can, it doesn't have like 800 different accessories. So you start recognizing its patterns. Yeah. And what happens is, let's say it's really concerned about you losing face. Yeah. You know, what's like in, when I came into AA, they said to me, you got to be willing to uh save your ass instead of your face but i thought my face was my ass really i was living for an image yeah and i had a yeah. lot of pride really it was weird but i did and so basically by seeing that most a lot of my resentments were concerning people not treating me the way i thought i deserved and shit yeah so i could see you the manifestations of self will be in the areas of your life it takes to be important. Mm -hmm. So when you see a lot of fear and resentment around money, you realize the importance to it 
of having financial security and it will do almost anything. It will fucking prostitute itself, yes? So you start putting two and two together by the inventories, yeah? So, what is it? so now you see, wow, self, this idea of self, the parasite really is really, really, really in, invested in a face, yeah? It wants to show a certain kind of face and therefore that's where all of these manifestations show up, yes? Yeah. So you'll, you can't find the tree, but you can, you get indicated where the tree is by the fruit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I am a believer in writing at the beginning for sure. 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 Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, just Daz, just stuck his hand up. You're one of our co-hosts. So just wonder if you've got just yeah, the next yeah. five Go minutes ahead. for Daz. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for staying Five minutes with Daz. <laughs> Yeah, okay. The steam machine. See you, Paul. Like I want beef steaks. Five minutes with that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm really getting into, you know, your talks on, on duality and the, the um, parasite, and I'm really understanding what the parasite is and how it manifests itself. What I'd just like to ask is, is this parasite um, something that I know I've got, was I born with it? And because feelings of insecurity and the shyness and being around family and feeling inadequate. I remember from being seven, eight, nine, um, having hit drink at 14 and magnified the, the parasite. Um, is it just like the look of the draw that you get it? Or I know it can't be passed on from one woman to another, but. How is it? How does it regenerate itself? Where, where does it come from? Um, is it a, is it like a, a disease like cancer? You just born with it, a genetic DNA sort of like thing, or is it a spirit spiritual matter? Well, let's first let me just share some of that. First of all, there is no parasite. I'm just using it as an imagery. It's a mental movement. It's not, it's not a thing. You can't take an x-ray of it. This is just my feeling. I believe most of us have grown into the first dilemma, which is the mental state's obsession with being a thing or being the doer and the thinker, yeah? yeah. So that to me is the original dis-ease. So you had it way before you started drinking and using. Yeah. Yeah. And then the alcoholism amplifies that disease. So if you're obsessed with self and then there's a, and you have a strain of alcoholism or addiction, you're ex extremely obsessed with self. Yes. So mm -hmm. it's basically adds volume to and, and it adds color to a picture that's already there. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, the parasitical movement of alcoholism affixes to the identification as self, really. Mm. So that's why you get relief from alcoholism, but you don't get relief from self a lot of the times, yeah? Mm. Yeah, it's trippy. Mm. See, like you get relief from alcoholism, but then the, you don't get relief. You can't see that you weren't the doer of all those behaviors while under the influence. That's the original addiction no. of being the doer. The freedom from alcoholism is not necessarily bringing you freedom from the being the doer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So we're trying to get to the exact nature of the wrong. And that's a perfect segue from alcoholism to the obsession with self. Yeah. My real, see, my take is I'm more interested in that original addiction. Yeah. Hmm. Because I believe it's what's going to fulfill the, the free samples of relief from alcoholism. That's where the stabilization of the problem doesn't exist for you comes from. Yeah. It comes from a loss of interest in self. Yeah. Some people just have the miraculous ability to keep the alcoholism, the parasite at bay and not act on it. Has everybody got it? No, I don't think everyone has alcoholism, but everyone seems to have the self activity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, see, I believed I was alcoholic, but in fact, when looking back on it, I wasn't. I was a heavy user, but then I crossed the line mm-hmm. because yeah. when I was 20, I had gotten in a lot of trouble, and I had been on a three-year uh, pre-probation. Because I got a lot, I arrest, was arrested for very big charges before I was 18. So from 17 to 20, I was on a probation, but I was still using. But then at 20, I met a spiritual group and I was introduced to a, a form of meditation. And then for the next four years, I basically didn't drink or use. I had a couple of Heinekens in four years. Yeah. So I really was at that point the definition of a heavy user. I could stop if I had a sufficient enough reason to stop. Mm. And at that point, wanting to know God was a sufficient enough reason. But then I crossed the line when I got disappointed in wanting to know God. And I went back to drugs and that was it. Mm. And nothing, you know, I lost the ability to control anything. And it was a complete takeover Mm. by the parasite. Yeah. Mm. And so it seemed like, you know, I had a, I had tended, but I really had obsessive of obsession of self tendencies. I didn't have alcoholism yet. Mm. I had obsession with self tendencies, and I was using alcoholism and alcohol and drugs to get out of that. And then it led to another dilemma. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real addict now. I can't <laughs> fucking stop drinking and using. So the idea of I'm applying the medicine isn't true. The medicine is a, it's taking me over. So then I had a whole other problem. Yeah, so, so I had to go into recovery to get that corrected. And then I could get down to the exact nature of the wrong, mm. which is the underlying addiction to self, I feel, to tell you the truth. Mm. And this sense. is just a, a member's eye view. I'm not saying this is the way. I'm just sharing it, how mm. it has played out for me. Yeah, so... Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I don't care where it comes from or whatnot. I, <laughs> yeah. what, I want is, what I care about is the relief. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very clear about that. And unfortunately for the relief to stabilize, you got to know the problem from it. You've got to understand what you're not from what you are. You do. Or what you're not is going to masquerade as what you are again. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so yeah but really i'm just a pragmatist i just i feel chilled out that's i don't care where it came from or whatever yeah did it 
does it have a new address? I, call it? <laughs> I don't care less. I don't care about it. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's off my contact list. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, in my experience, it's a lot of loss of interest. Really, mm -hmm. that's what happens. I don't lose interest, but the things I'm interested in, I lose mm -hmm. interest in those things. So now the interest is at there it's at other places yeah mm -hmm. and i couldn't have redistributed it i couldn't yeah mm -hmm. so it got redistributed and i recognize it because i'm not two levels below a coconut i can observe <laughs> things are different i'm interested in succulents now you mm -hmm. know planting succulents <laughs> mm -hmm. and Brilliant. watering it <laughs> so there you go. So, mm, excellent. Gonna end, eh? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Brilliant. Thanks very much. So hey, um, here uh, we'll be back on. Let me just say yeah. we have. Two, we're gonna keep going ad infinitum Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> cool. Yeah. If you want to go up and then yeah. uh, and then the other talks on Wednesday night at seven and Saturday at one thirty are more framed in non-duality. Another an idea hmm. that has goes perfectly with recovery in my experience so uh, and they're at a different they're at a different zoom they're at your um zen bitch slap yeah, zoom they're, all, they're all on the website you just hit yeah. the day there'll be a link so yeah and uh I'm, this was a very moving uh episode hmm. yeah very yeah very, very moving and that uh, one lady that one lady share about the child and getting you know acting out was was a quintessential thing you know of the of the withholding of permission yeah based on the manifestation of self taking it to be ours yeah oh it's just so beautiful hmm. to see that and uh yeah so yeah. all right thanks everybody let me go by and say hello someone yeah. Hey, Mike wants to say something. Oh, can you hear me? Right. I just, yes. while you're here and with David, uh, David, Paul's okay with having a link on the site for a contact list. So if you right. want to decide and whether you want to let people know, I'm, I'm glad to be the contact for people to send their information to and do it. Uh, sure. But to you. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what do we need to do? So I'll just put my, my email on the chat as one central place that people can send their information to. Yeah, exactly. no worries. So and also, a, yeah. we have somebody transcribing these talks, too. So they're going to be available to read it blow by blow, so to speak. <laughs> if anyone's interested, somebody's yeah. working on that. Yeah, you get all the all the monks at the monastery are going to be working overtime, aren't they? God. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I I run a I run a tight ship here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel I just feel it was just such an honor to do this today. I think everyone here is just I'm blown away. It's amazing. So just remember Tuesdays and Thursdays, same place. So tell your friends, get them to come back. I think it's a, it's priceless as this. It's gold. So, Paul, do you want to say goodbye? Right. Thanks, everybody.
See you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Remember, let's not take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> okay. So we're I'm gonna leaving. All right. We're going to hang around for 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to unmute everyone. If you want to hang about or get off, it's up no. to you. Okay. Great. Great. Hey, have to jump. Hey, Thank you. Thank you. Big care. Amazing. Thank you so much. Nice work. Come back. Thank you for the thank yous and thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the great meeting. Yeah, yeah, David, Mike, thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and Des. So good. Cool. Yeah. Thanks to everybody involved. Like, man, you guys, even when I have to go back yeah. out there. Hi, I am Anne Marie. Thank you. <laughs> Love yeah, you guys. Right.